Welcome to the Church of the Living God, Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. Well, it is certainly good for us today to uh, come together and worship and pray and call upon the name of the Lord, hear the word of God. We're praying for the congregation. We're praying for our city, our state. Uh, our nation is in such a time of turmoil and a, a challenging, challenging time. Sometimes, you know, when things get tough, people begin to look up. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, you know, if, if hard times don't move us, then what will it take to move us? And so we want to uh, be aware, you know, of what God is doing. And I've, I've been saying, been praying, you know, for a, a while now that it seemed that things uh, were kind of running routine in a lot of ways and, and things. But, you know, this gospel is renewed day by day. Our salvation, our sins are washed away, our name in the book of life. All of these things are so beyond this world. And so we're a part of something that this world pales in comparison to what God has planned for us. I was thinking as they were singing and, and just thought about how that God took spotted people and he took their spots and put their spots on his spotless son. And so there was an exchange that came that, that he gave us the opportunity to be without spot because that Jesus was able to bring redemption to pay the price for our sins. And I'm so, so grateful for that. I love the gospel. I love, I love the church. I'm so grateful that God brought me into the house of God at an early age. And I tell you, God's been good to me. Now, I've been around long enough to know that people are people, church people are people, and people you work with are people, everybody's people, and we're going to be that way sometimes, you're going to see that, nobody's perfect, but we're on a journey, and we're on a journey of grace, and uh, are grateful for what God has done, and what He is doing, and so uh, pray for one another, and encourage uh, one another, and just uh, let's work together to see what God is going to do. I promise you that God is going to do something bigger than what the enemy has been able to do. And so I know that that is true. The Lord uh, prompted my spirit today for uh, Romans chapter 12, and I'm going to read verses uh, 1, uh, 12, 1, uh, 2, and 3, and look at this. It's a, it's a great message, and I uh, just ask God to help me preach it, and so that it will be a blessing to you. And the message entitled is Life Renewed, Hope Restored. Life renewed and hope restored. Father, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you, Lord, for the promise of the kingdom of God. The salvation that Jesus Christ was able to pay for our sins that we could be redeemed and owe nothing. God, that you have taken us away from our sins and taken our sins away from us. And God, I just thank you for it. I pray, Lord, for new Christians. I pray, Father, for people that have served you for 50 and 60 years. 
Lord, let it not be routine. Let it not be mundane, but let us stir up ourselves and do that on purpose, to stir up ourselves uh, because this is as good a gospel today as it was the day that I knelt at that altar and accepted Jesus Christ. And Lord, I thank you for that. And I just pray that you will move us, that the church and in all of the denominations and all of the uh, places in America and even around the world, that where churches have become routine and mundane, God, stir us a revival and, and bring us back into the awareness and the, of the beauty of all that you have done for us. Bless these people, Lord, as they watch, as they listen, minister to their needs, touch their bodies, encourage their spirits, and God, glorify your name among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The message this morning, again, is life renewed, hope restored. We need this in America. Uh, again, from the church house to the courthouse to the jailhouse to your neighbor's house to your house. We need that. We need a stirring. We need a freshness. We need to embrace this amazing thing that God has done for us that he would write our name in the book of life and that he would receive us as sons and daughters of the King of Kings. This is the best news in all the world for all time. And it is this, this message of renewal and re restoration. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God. And so, as we look at that, we see that this walk with God, our faith life, is not separate from a physical life. Our faith life is intertwined with our physical life. And our physical life is intertwined with our spiritual life as well. He says, I beseech you that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. He didn't say that you just do, give a mental assent. He didn't say that you just try to fix, figure out one or two uh, things that seem to be profound and see if you can do that. But that we may present our bodies a living sacrifice. That's day by day. How do we as Christians present our bodies as a living sacrifice? Notice he doesn't give us or ask us to present our bodies as a, a, death, a thing of death, a thing of uh, sacrifice. We know Jesus, you know, when he was crucified, his body was crucified. Uh, but also he carried the sins of the world. But we don't have to do that. We don't have to carry that. We are able, and by the mercies of God, that we are able to present to him our bodies as a living sacrifice. Our bodies do not dictate to us who we serve, but we make that choice within our spirit and within our soul, and we make that choice, and our bodies come with us. 
as we give our, ourself to God, the body, soul, and the spirit. And so he says to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He didn't say this was a, uh, a you know, just a far out thing. You know, this is just something so great that you can't imagine it. He said that as we present our bodies a li living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, that this is our reasonable service. The word reasonable there in the Greek also could have been defined as logical. That kind of threw me for a minute. I thought, wait a minute, that, I didn't expect that definition. This reasonable, this definition logical, and it's also rational. Isn't that amazing? God didn't say, I'm going to throw this cosmic plan out there that you, you can barely even comprehend it and I expect you to walk well in your life with that. He didn't do that. He said, I have called you to present your bodies a living sacrifice and, and a sacrifice that is holy and acceptable unto God. And that is your reasonable, logical, rational service. What he, after what he has done for us, it is reasonable. It is logical. Amen. That we would give back to God the life that he took from his son and gave to us, that we give that life back to him and serve him every day of our lives and just follow all that he has for us. I'm talking about life renewed and hope restored. Amen. The saving grace of God is greater than all of our sin. And so we are grateful to know that God is in the business of renewing and restoring. In uh, verse 2, he says this, Romans 12, 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I like this verse. It's, it's got a little depth to it, but I, I, I like it. He has just told us that what God has done for us by the mercies of God, that we could come and give our bodies a living sacrifice to God and that God would receive our bodies as a reasonable service and a logical thing to do for what he's done for us. It's reasonable for us to commit our life back to him. And he says, not only uh, reasonable and logical, uh, but also it was our body. He wants our body, soul, and our spirit. And that includes our worship, by the way. And so be not conformed to this world. Uh, that word conformed there in the Greek, another definition for that is uh, do not be in the same pattern. Do not be, be not conformed to this world. Do not form, do not create, do not shape, do not mold your life to be conformed to this world. See, see this world is not our home. Amen? We're only passing through. God has saved us. He has put our name in the book of life. He is anticipating our arrival at some time in his kingdom, and he's preparing for us. Amen. Jesus said, I'm going to go, 
and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And so this is intentional. And as much as it is intentional for God to prepare a place for us, it is intentional for us to prepare a place for God to come right on into our life and into our spirit. Yes, it will affect your body, your soul, your mind, your spirit, everything that is about you. And so we are not to be conformed to this world. You know what? It'd be, it's difficult to conform to the world. Because they do this for a little while, and then it runs dry. And then they'll pick up something else, and they'll go another direction. And it runs dry sooner or later. And it just satisfies for a small period of time. I mean, it would be a hard thing to do to try to keep up with what the world is into these days. <laughs> but what is in our lives and in our hearts by the gift of Jesus Christ, by his cross, by his resurrection, this, this, is, uh, this is something that is stable. It is something that is consistent. It's something that uh, we can conform into that pattern uh, in this world. While we're living in this world that we are actually conforming to the kingdom of God. And so he says, be ye transformed. Again, the definition to transfer, another word for that also is metamorphosis. So God knows he's going to do a metamorphosis. Um, and so he's doing something scientific, you know. And so he's, God's the creator of science anyway. And so he says, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now listen, these eras, these days that we are in right now, people could choose a lot of fear. People could choose a lot of weight, a lot of sadness. And, and these things that may would just keep our mind filled with the pain and with the hardship that is going on in the world today. But, but when we are within the kingdom of God, we have the opportunity to renew our mind by going to a higher position. It's a higher place. Uh, you see, this isn't in heaven. You know, there's not all of this infection. There's not all of these things that are going on. It's not in heaven. And that, so we begin to walk in that higher place and know that God is with us and that we're going to be all right because God is faithful. And that when our mind gets weighed down, that we can step out intentionally and begin to renew our mind and put our mind upon the things of God and put our mind upon what God has already done. I don't know about you, but one of the greatest ways I just like to shift gears is to just go back and visit the past for just a little while and remember what God has done for me throughout my life. I'm telling you, he's done more for me than I ever could have asked. I wouldn't have dared to ask God to do the things that he has done. And he has just blessed beyond measure. And even though the times are wearisome and, and that we don't know exactly all that's how and when and all those things that's going to be, we still know who. We still know who the who is. And that who is God himself, Jehovah God. And so we renew our mind around this. 
that you may prove. That word prove is to test. What is that good? That's one. And what is that acceptable? Right? And then the third thing is perfect will of God. God's will is so perfect it took several words to get it out, right? That you may prove or test what is that good, that acceptable and agreeable and the perfect will of God. And so God is doing something in our lives. So I was saying that many times the way that I, I, I begin to move up again in the things of God is to remember what God has already done. And you know, if only given His Son Jesus, if that was all that He had done, it's enough to serve Him for eternity. But He's added to that. He gave us salvation plus. He gave us redemption plus. He gives us some joy to live in. And He gives us some hope to live in. Amen. He renews us over and over again. And so that we may prove or test what is the good, acceptable, uh, the good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. And man, if you can find that place, even the journey toward it, it already begins to lift you up. Amen. That when you find that place, that you're in the perfect will of God. And so, just a thought that uh, the Holy Spirit had brought to me was that there is a transformation process for those who surrender that of the flesh and exchange the flesh for the process. Exchange that which is of the flesh and exchange it for the process. Many people fall away from God because they want quick results. They want instant a resolution to everything. They spend 25, 30 years in the world and they want God to fix them in two days. You know, but this is a journey and this is a process and God is a big part of that. So we need to have a trust in Him that not only is He going to do these things in our lives, but that He's going to do it at the best way and in the best time that is according to His will and to where we are. I'm glad that God doesn't put more on us than we can bear. And that's not always bad things. You know, you, you could get more good stuff than you could keep up with. <laughs> and it would be wearisome a little bit, but at least it'd be good, right? But this transformation process for those that surrender that of the flesh. God, I give you my worry. I give you my concern. Amen. I'm praying. I'm praying for the, the governor. I'm praying for the president. I'm praying for our city officials. I'm praying for people that are uh, on, on the march, you know, where there's tragedy and pain, and they're going in. They're going into those apartments. They're going into that car wreck. They don't know who's there, what they're going through, but they're there. We need to remember them. But this process of transformation, if we can see it through, if we cannot demand of God to fix us in 30 minutes, but say to God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue you for the rest of my life. I'm going to pursue you for the rest of my life. And in that journey, God, I just want to get plugged in and stay plugged in 
to the process that you're, you already began in me. And so that's what we need to do. There are millions of people that need to go back to church. Amen. America has gotten very soft in church attendance, very soft in being engaged in the services and, and things. We need to stir up the gifts that are within us, and we need to walk uh, as somebody that's been transformed from this world into the plan of God. God's eternal purpose will bring it to pass in each and every one of our lives. Verse 3, he says, For I say through the grace given unto me, this is Romans 12, 3, For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to, to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Look at that. Amen. This is awesome. Through the grace given unto me, he said, I'm going to say this, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man, to everybody that's hearing it, everyone that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Amen. I've said for many, many years that you've got two positions in this world, and that is to be humble, and that is to be uplifted. And so uh, if we will humble ourselves, then God will exalt us. There's an exaltation for God's people. But if we exalt ourselves, if we humble ourselves, God will exalt us. But if we exalt ourselves, God will humble us. Amen? And so that is, uh, sometimes we need that. And so uh, he says, think, of, think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. People say, well, I just don't have any faith. That's not true. That's not true. Well, I've never been a person of faith. That's not true. God has given to every man a measure, the measure of faith. Now, the devil may be telling you you have no faith. Your disappointment within your own life may be telling you that you, uh, you know, don't have enough faith. But, brother and sister, God has allotted us uh, the measure of faith. And so we can't say, well, I just didn't get any faith. You may have rejected it. You may, maybe you didn't absorb it. Maybe you pushed it away. Maybe some, something happened. I don't know. But I know this, that God, according as God, has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And so the devil wants to say, well, God skipped you over. You don't have a measure of faith. The devil's a liar. Do you know that Jesus said that the devil is a liar? As a matter of fact, he said, Jesus said, that there is no truth in the devil. No truth. Now listen, I've met some liars in this world. But I don't know that I've met, eh, maybe one or two. <laughs> I don't know if I've met somebody that was just all a lie. Just everything about them was a lie. And so... 
God has given to every man the measure of faith. When your mind tells you you don't have any faith, you need to give it that scripture. Romans 12, 3, mark it down. When somebody says, oh, no, I don't have any faith. You know, I just don't have any faith at all. So what would you do with it? Why is it that you don't have any faith? God gave you a measure of faith. Amen. And if God gave you a measure of faith, he definitely didn't give it to you for you to just ignore it. He's given it to you that it may grow within you. That, That faith, that we can go from faith to faith. Amen. We've been through real life. Serve the Lord all of our lives. But we've been through real life. We've been through heartbreaking times. And all these things that are are real upon the earth, they're real. Even as we're doing this service, I'm getting ready to go to a cemetery for my sister. And so, you know, it's just amazing that things happen in this world and it just kind of gets you off step for just a little bit. But you know what? Why don't you accept what the Bible says? Why don't you accept? Paul is writing this to the Romans. Paul used to kill Christians. He blasphemed the name of Christ. But God got a hold of him, knocked him right off that horse. And and I can just see Saul saying, I saw the light. (laughs) Because it changed his life. And so God's given us a measure of faith. Let's put it to work. Saints, get back in the house of God. When we're worshiping, get those hands up in the air. When we're praying for people, lay hands on one another. Let's get back to the house of God and let's be active and let's be moving in the power of God. These days will change again. The doors will open at some time and we will be invited back into our houses. And what we've done with a very small group of people and they're working very hard for us is to just give you a nugget, just give you some word, just remind you of what God is and what he's done. Brother and sister, God has already invested in you such a great thing of his kingdom. So let's live in it. Let's walk in it. made a little statement uh, to close out with. And the Spirit helped me with this. It said, as we humble our estimation of who we are in the natural, it is the transformation from the earthly into that which is spiritual and that for the glory of God and the kingdom of Christ. I'm going to say that again. As we humble our estimation of who we are in this world, in the natural, it is the transformation from the earthly into that which is spiritual. And that transformation is for the glory of God and for the glory of the kingdom of Christ. All that we can ever hope to accomplish is to bring glory to his kingdom, to our father, to our brothers, and to the kingdom of God. Amen. Life renewed. Hope restored. Embrace it. Embrace it. Somebody tries to encourage you, thank them for it. Embrace that encouragement. And we can do that and get in the Word and just highlight 
those things that are encouraging your spirit. In times like these, the greatest place you can be in is in the presence of the Lord. Amen? Father, we thank you today. And we praise you today. And we honor you today. We thank you, Lord, because that you are moving in our homes, in our cities, our states, our nation. Father, there are many, many people that are working against all odds, but they're saving lives. And we thank you for that. And Father, we just pray that you would just come and breathe a new wind and a new direction upon this nation and upon the world. Father, we are reminded that this is not just something in the United States. This pandemic is all over the world. And God, we pray for those nations and we pray for those people, multitudes of millions of people that have no medicine. Oh God, walk their dusty roads. Reach out your hand and heal entire villages for your glory. And God, I pray that when these things begin to subside and things, quote, become normal, let it not be normal to what it was before this. Not lackadaisical, not taking it for granted. God, stir within us again the value of our faith in your kingdom. And we give you the glory. God, just stir a revival through us and in us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you for listening today to Church of the Living God, Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you were blessed by today's word. If you'd like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.